0: especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Justice. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome to this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business, where we're putting the business back into lady business. Today, we have somebody very exciting, Jana Myritz turner She's the founder of Style House, a business strategist, marketing and communications pro, and she's also an angel investor. So we're going to talk about all of this
0: today. Hi, Jana, Welcome. Hi, JJ. So good to be with you. I feel like I have a whole page of notes and stuff for us to talk about. <laughs> I always love my time with you because I feel like nothing's off the table and um, we just, we think big and expansively and ambitious and it gets me excited. So I'm excited to Good. Be <laughs>
1: Good. So I can't wait for you to share all of that with everyone listening. So why don't we start talking first, like what is Style House and what does it mean to be a business strategist, et cetera?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I have been an entrepreneur the majority of my adult life. I started Style House in 2006. I was 23 and I had worked at a couple other PR firms, for a couple years, we were very innovative for our time in 2006, because there weren't a lot of boutique consumer PR firms looking at the media and marketing landscape in the way that we were as holistically. So paid, earned, owned. What are you saying about yourself? What are you getting other people to say about you? Like press and generation is a lot, a media generation is a lot of what people think about of PR, but to us, to me, it's always been so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And then Paid? What are you paying for? And I think that goes beyond like advertising. It's about like, what are you investing in? Which includes yourself, (laughs) it includes infrastructure for your business, it includes, you know, maybe you're getting paying people to say things about you, but you're leveraging it on those other channels. So it was really about maximizing resources, honestly, Um, because I was working with a lot of female founders in the fashion space and um, over the years, beauty and wellness. And it's just like, you you need to punch above your weight in all the different ways. And so um, throughout the years, I realized that I was a business strategist and much more than a publicist. And about uh, five years ago, when my company turned 10... And it was 2016, an incredibly culture shifting year (laughs) for everyone. Um, I realized, I reflected on what I had done, and I realized that I really enjoyed working with and in the service of women, and that that was when I was really effective in what I was doing. And also, when people realize that public relations and media marketing, how you say and show up to the world needs to have a seat at the table where big decisions are made. And so mm-hmm. that became new filters that I put up for myself and what we were going to work on and how. And I think like so many of us, uh, you know, blindsided, you know, in November of 2016 by Donald Trump winning the election. And now obviously we know so much more about all the confluence of things that led up to that. But I just remember one of the things that was, that made me so like viscerally angry on that day was like, it's like an incredibly qualified woman getting passed over for a job by like a mediocre man. Who's just like awful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty much exactly what happened. Passed over for a job. I love that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like if I tore it down like that, it was just like, and then it was like, well, this isn't really shocking. This is actually how the systems are designed. Like, and so um you know, I would say I was an activist before 2016, but I was a more vocal activist after, in terms of figuring out how I could spend my privilege, my assets, my economy, my network, my relationships, uh, the skills that I have, the money that I had to deploy. I mean, I didn't even really give to political campaigns or anything prior to um, 2016, and now it's something that I really understand that. Uh, money has energy and what we invest our money in and what we put our money towards is super, super important as well as, um, you know, women, we have really trusted authentic networks. You and I have big networks and we can bring people together around things that we care about. Right. I mean, that powerful huddle we did for Gretchen Carlson around lift our voices. Right. Mm -hmm. Like think about the exponential effect that comes out of that. Right. These are silencing mechanisms that prevent people, women and people of color, especially in workplaces from speaking their truth and thriving. Um, So Anyway, to bring it all back home, I mean, JJ, I just love that you say, you know, your goal is to make women rich and we absolutely need that. And I love talking about women and power and money. And one of my guiding principles or North stars, if you will, is that I want more women and people of color in positions of leadership and power. And I want to make sure that they thrive there because Mm -hmm. that second part is super important, right? Right. Exactly. That's the part. more nuanced. So is that's what led you into angel investing?
1: I mean, talk about that.
0: Yeah, totally. So what led me into angel investing, so technically I've been quote unquote angel investing for uh, almost 10 years in the sense that I was taking equity in exchange for services in the late 2000s, just to kind of understand the, the money ecosystem, right? I had a lot of founders that I would be doing PR for, and they would say things to me like, oh, you know, I want to I protect you from my investors. So if you can just like send me a report and I can send it to them, I'm like, that doesn't protect me from your investors. Like I need to talk to your, inv- I need, like they need to understand the, everything that we're doing, right? And so I started to just become curious about who holds the power and who makes the decisions. And these founders, the decisions that they would sometimes make out of a place of fear, I realized it's because they're afraid of their investors or managing their money. And a lot right. of founders don't realize that they're doing that when they take on capital. And so I think that one of my realizings that I was a business strategist more than a publicist and marketing communications person was because I was an entrepreneur myself, right? Like I understood right. that I had certain liberty to make decisions in my business and in my life that others didn't. And that has always kind of been the driving force for, okay, um, So I may not have a lot of capital to invest in this company, but I can make sure I can help this founder and coach this founder to not leave their power on the table when they negotiate with their investors and to go in with eyes wide open to really understand what it means to take on a million dollars and to give away a board seat or whatever that might look like. And so angel investing for me was always feeding my curiosity of wanting to know how the world works and know how money flows and power flows and so as i said i started off in very low stakes ways taking equity in exchange for services i mean i've done it all like i've come on as an advisor for a fraction of a point in certain cases i've done you know six figure scopes of work of strategic scopes of work that earned me shares in a company or options and To me, when I think about, I mean, I should tell the listeners now that I I just kind of completed an evolution where after 15 years of running Style House, I officially don't do PR anymore. And I now, my clients are now people instead of businesses. Um, I work individually with uh, mostly women in POC, but executive leaders and entrepreneurs through a program called Personal Brand Alignment. And the idea is that your personal brand is just you it's not that complicated. It's not about an Instagram filter. It's just you. It's who you are, but you have to figure out your values and what you care about and incorporate those into your strategy. So I say it's like strategic communications and business development for the self. So now all this being said, when I think about someone's personal brand, I think about the personal economy and the personal economy are our assets and our resources. We have time, a non-renewable resource, Yes, true. (laughs) It's spent whether we decide how to spend it or not. You know, things that suck our time that we have to put boundaries on. There's things that won't happen unless we proactively decide to do them as adults. (laughs) Um, So that's time. And then there's money cold, hard cash, money. Um, we talk a lot about money when we're together and with our friends and money has energy. As I said before, what we put our money towards matters and not all dollars are created equal. And then there's relationships. There's your social capital, your relationship capital, the currency that you have. And I always tell people, whether they're, whether they're clients who are business owners or executives, like whenever you're feeling time poor, which is I don't know, all of us. <laughs> yeah or you're feeling like actually poor, poor, (laughs) it's really helpful to think about the people in your life that know you and love you and deeply understand who you are and make you tick because having that is like having money in the bank. If we know how to activate that, and that starts with asking for what we need, which sometimes for some people starts with deservedness, right? Oh, I don't want to be annoying. I don't, you know, I don't want to do that, but women make a lot more deposits than withdrawals with relationship capital. We're thrilled to help everybody else. And then we don't want to bother people when we need help. And the other thing that I realized that's important for listeners to understand when it comes to angel investing and understanding like the time that you invest in things, the relationship capital, like you, you know, you recommending someone, something to a friend or a person that's you spending relationship capital. Right? Yeah, Exactly.
1: But how do you monetize that? I mean, because, you know, like you said, like we make more deposits and withdrawals. And, you know, oftentimes people are like, hey, can I pick your brain? Or can I, you know, do you have any, like, you know, oh, you should meet this person. You know, they're a founder. And then I get on the phone, they're like, hey, do you know anybody who would invest? And I'm like, well, that's, you hire me for that kind of stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? Totally. So there's exactly. got, there's a balance, right? There's a balance with that. You can't just give that away um also because like men would like give each other founder's fees for that all day long and I've had them give me finder's fees for those those kinds of things you know and so I think there's a there's a bit of a balance there but you know everything you're saying is so so thoughtful and insightful about how you're like you really think and boil down to the points of like time money like, you know, and like just analyzing everything you've done in the past, you know, Um, and then turn it into what you really want to do in the future. Like you've pivoted your whole business basically into like how you want to see the world basically play out in front of you. So, I mean, that's really impressive. And um, I learn from you every time I talk to you. So, um, but I want to get a little bit more into like, so you've pivoted your company. When did you decide you're no longer PR?
0: Well, so I held on to some legacy clients that I just like loved and, you know, we all do that in times where, um, and I wanted to make sure that they were all in really good hands too, because that part of it was my legacy. And also any brand that I had promoted or represented in my life is ostensibly part of my repertoire and my portfolio of things. Right. So it was important to me to leave everyone in good hands. Um, I also towards the end, but when like, I knew that I was building my off ramp, I became like even more discerning and charged even more because like I had, I had been building up this coaching business of personal brand alignment that was really serving me. I was starting, you know, I'm getting brought in to do workshops that in some ways are like the retainer. I used to be paid for a client. So it's Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the evolution of that was important, but also like, I just, I earned media could not be, I, I needed to be in control of my outcomes and my successes and, if Donald Trump did something dumb, which he did every day, I couldn't have my segment kicked off the today show
1: because that's
0: nothing to the input that I put in or the years that I spent honing that relationship. Right. Yeah. And so then
1: you went into this, you're doing this personal brand alignment and then, so talk about that. Like, what does that look like? If somebody wanted to come hire you to do that, like,
0: Totally, yeah. So I do consult discovery sessions where, and I have a really powerful intake form which asks questions like, "If you were getting paid to be you, what would that look like?" Yeah, right? Like, if you're getting paid to be JJ, what does that look like? Right. And like, what would be a dream way that you'd be introduced to someone at a dinner party? Because, by the way, that's how our brand lives, like in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's stuff like that, and then I spend an hour with you know we we go deep really quickly because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, and we look at time and money and relationships and how I, you know, I show them my diagram of all three pieces and we talk about what comes up for them. We talk about where they need to invest or divest from places. Um, And then, uh, and so with these frameworks, which are really designed to help you like see where you're leaving power on the table and what intrinsic assets you have that you're not maximizing. then I also like give them tools to do that. And so it's a really it's a, people are like, how did we just cover all that in an hour? I'm like, I designed that questionnaire (laughs) very specifically. Um, and then I do a deeper program, work with them over 10 to 15 weeks. We have a certain number of sessions. We have some specific deliverables. I create like copy banks and pep talks, basically like, here's what I care about. And here's, and, and like, here's what's important to me. And here's what I do. And I do that via these three things. Right. So it's just like easy to help you be understood. One thing I want to make sure that we touch on though, that you said was really important is people is that as women, we want to help and we feel really good being helpful, but people can also leech our time from us. Yeah. Right? yeah. And so I think that this goes back to a, a concept that I, I used to talk about. And maybe I need to write on it more of like, I kind of don't let anything be a waste of my time. Like, I think mm-hmm. if you go into something with the fact, oh, I'm going to learn right? Ostensibly, I'm going to learn about their business model or whatever. And maybe that will help me be a smarter strategist or help some of my founders. If I really like them, everything, you know, Marie Forleo says everything is figure outable, And I agree because yes, I may not have the money to invest in them. I might not have the time, but maybe there's someone, maybe there's someone in your network who, you know, would really enjoy meeting them. And so it's actually a win-win for everyone because you're kind of blessing that relationship with your energy and your relationship capital and saying like, oh, I think you two, I often introduce people and I'm like, I think you'll be great resources to each other. Like you'll compare Mm -hmm. field notes. You will um, make introductions for people. And I think it's also important to be really transparent. Like I'm not writing angel investment checks right now. I'm deploying more of my time and relationship capital and syndicating investors together and doing other things. And I try to just lead with that right now, because that's effective. That, that's good for everyone's time. And so one thing that I do, I, uh, the term like a stitch in time saves nine. So like in those moments where it's like, oh, I'm getting on this call. Like, why did I agree to this? I really don't have like 20 minutes to spare today. Like, why did I agree to do this? Um, make sure that they get off that call knowing who you are and also what you need and what you're looking for right now. Because yeah, that, sure. you know, when I've, I say, you know, oh, I'm starting to write a book. Oh my gosh, my friend's an author. You should talk to them. And that might be a founder who wanted to pick my brain and wanted to whatever, but they might connect me with someone who's writing a book and can give me great intel that will save me a lot of time and money on my thing. You know, I, I, I can't even like enter this conversation without mentioning our mutual friend, Susan McPherson, who was like the queen of connecting. She wrote a book on this, The Lost Art of... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah she's been on the podcast. like yeah. Yeah. We need to see that we're building the constellation and back to capital and money. We are, we don't know the things that we invest in now. We don't, we don't know what's going to come from that. Like there's no way that we can know what will come out of X, Y, and Z happening, but we've also all been around long enough and in business long enough to see shit come around.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. I had somebody on last week and they you know, they said, we don't know what a capitalist society looks like when women and people of color are in power. We don't know what that looks like. Like, it might not be so bad. Like, people might not want to be, like, you know, more socialist, you know, because Anything. we don't know what it's like. Like, I, I think it'll make the world a better place. And the only way to prove me wrong is for us to be in power. So, exactly. you know, that's, that's well, part of it. I, I mean,
0: it's so basic to me. And this is something I have to work on as I'm writing to larger audiences, like, but it's so basic to me that when we all thrive, we all thrive. Yeah. Like, exactly. it, you know, a call to men, I sit on the board of a healthy manhood organization, they refer to it as collective liberation, which is yeah. such a, it like, even just saying it out loud makes my like body relax in a way, like, cause it's liberating. It's like, well, like none of us are free until we're all free. And we have to, um, yeah, I think we have to understand that we all play different roles in it. And this, I think this feeds back to angel investing and feeds back to personal brand alignment work because a lot of, and a lot of how I've recalibrated my life too, is that it creates a bit of a flywheel and that a lot of my personal brand alignment clients who are executives Epic companies are also super angel investment curious. They want to leverage their expertise. Mm-hmm. They want to be in like scrappy startup environments because they're in like the hallowed halls of these legacy companies. And, and by the way, we need change makers in every space, right? Like we yeah. need makers inside, we need change makers outside. We need them yeah. everywhere. But this idea, I mean, through some of the special purpose vehicle syndicates that I've created, um, you know, I helped a women-led cannabis company out of Northern California garden society get, um, 25 more women on their cap table, 25% of which are Black women, not just in Amazing. ownership of our, not just in like numbers, but actual in ownership of our unit. So it's like if we are intentional and deliberate about what we want to do in the little corners that we can control, we can do it.
1: Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Um, so you're helping these people with personal brand alignment, right? And it could be executives or founders or, or whoever, right? But you're just helping them understand and, and step into their power, right? So they can maximize who they are. And and yeah. did I say that properly? Would that be a good one? Totally. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, then, and then you also angel invest. So you did an you did a special purpose vehicle an SPV, and you found a bunch of women to come in to garden uh, garden society and invest in it. So, you know, some of the checks you were taking were super small, right? So it didn't take a lot of money. It wasn't like usually people think of it. And it's like oh, I need twenty five thousand dollars, but that's not always right. the case when you run an yeah. SPV. You
0: can. I've invested in SPVs that have no minimums. As in, yeah. like if you want to put in five hundred dollars, you can. There are fees and other things that you know, and the fees are different depending on who you work with and how, but the most important thing is that people should not be intimidated by angel investing. Angel investing literally just means a person investing their money as opposed to an institution investing their money or investing other people's money, like a fund or a VC, they're investing other people's money. Angel investors are investing their own money, but angel investors can invest anything from a hundred dollars to a hundred million dollars. So first and foremost, it's about making personal investments. And then yes, through syndicates, basically. Okay. So the reason why a uh, founder would not want to take a bunch of small checks is because there's a lot of logistics and paperwork involved in it. And there comes a point where you pass the point of diminishing returns with legal fees and other things. So let's say a founder says, you know, I'm raising a million dollars and I really don't want any checks that are smaller than hundred thousand dollars. Like, you know, I just, I don't want to end up with that many people on my cap table, capitalization table, where that breaks up the ownership of the company. So what a syndicate or an SPV does is for Garden Society, um, we had a goal of $250,000. And we, and that was what was, and that ends up as a line item on Garden Society's cap table, because Mm -hmm. I created a specific LLC specifically to invest in that company. And as such, my l l c as a whole needs to raise that minimum, but I can do that, however, it can be and there's um incredible platforms that help me with the back end. so I work with Loon Creek Capital out of Idaho. Shout out to Denise Dunlap. Um, oh my gosh, you should have her on the show. This woman has been financially independent since she was seventeen. Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> um, I know I'm like going on on my tangents here, but point being um. Yeah. So for Garden Society, uh, you know, you play around with setting a minimum. You know, you need to reach your goals. So you can't have a ton of small checks. But at some point, it's just like any sort of bringing a deal together, or bringing a party together, or bringing an influencer campaign together. Because, by the way, all these people do become evangelists for the company. Right. Exactly. It's like um, marketing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's fun too. Cause I help my founders activate their investors better. Like I, I don't think I'm financially proficient enough to call myself investor relations, but when it comes to maximizing and activate, activating your relationship capital and people who've invested in you, people have put money into you. You'd be surprised how many founders are like, Oh, I don't want to bother them. And then the investors, like they never call me. Like I want to help them. Yeah, but I don't what can I do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, I um, have that same experience. Yeah. Totally, and so this comes down to communication and other things. But um, but yes. Yeah, so as far as angel investing, um, you know, I've written checks as small as eighteen hundred dollars. Well, I am putting good energy out into the universe. (laughs) For me, it also enables me to have a front row seat and to learn about that business. Right. And so, actually, one thing that I was, I thought that may be fun for us to talk about a little bit is putting together your own personal thesis, an investment thesis, and what you should be thinking about with that. Because this ostensibly is filters, right, for where we spend our time, our money, and our relationship. Yeah. 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 And for me, what's important to you? Yeah. Yeah. For me, it also enables me to do very polite and Frank knows in ways that are like non-emotional in any way. Cause I'm just like, Oh, that's just like, that's not aligned with my thesis right now. Like it's not where I'm investing. Yeah. Why don't you say, do you feel comfortable sharing what your thesis is? Sure. Yeah. Some parts of it. I'm actually working on my 2022 thesis now, but I'll tell you a couple of things that are important to me. I love second time founders. I don't care if their first business failed miserably. I just need to know that they know how hard it is to run a business because Mm -hmm. even a lot of people, executive leaders who've worked at big companies leave and they realize that there was a lot of invisible infrastructure that they took for granted. And also they have to unlearn some bad habits of relying on big infrastructure. So that's not to say that I don't invest in former executives. I absolutely do. And I have, but I'm saying that all that, like, it it might not always be what you think of like what you need in a founder. Like they need to have grit. Like they need to be able to, um, I like founders who are self-actualized, who like know themselves really well, because that as an entrepreneur has helped me. I mean, I started when I was 23, so I've had more time, but you really have to know Mm -hmm. yourself. And you have to take care of yourself, exercise. So I need founders that know that they invest in themselves too and in their ecosystem. And then I look for operational excellence because your business model can pivot and it will, and the world is constantly changing. But like, these are people who need to be pragmatic and how they make decisions. They need to be able to, um, yeah, just understand operations, be systems thinkers because nothing happens independently of each other. And then they need to have a triple bottom line framework. They need to have a reason for existing beyond bringing more crap into the world, you know, especially if it's a product business. Um, But it needs to be, there has to be like a raison d'etre that is around consciousness raising that changes the way, you know, as we talk about money and power flow changes the way people do things. Um, I'm very into like frontier markets, like places that I think are, not understood and therefore undervalued by traditional investors. So I've been in, in cannabis since 2013, because I've seen Mm -hmm. the power of the plant and I knew that the stink was going to fade and it has, and it is, and it's very exciting. We can, we should do a whole separate podcast about cannabis and get our, Oh my God, I know. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Then, um, you know, let me give some universal advice around an investment thesis and I can credit Brooke Harley from class rebel for really helping me think about it this way. It's like, where do you think the world is going? Yeah. What do you think? Like when you think about yourself, like think about your age fast forward 10 years. Okay. It's this year. I'm this age. Like what does life look like? (laughs) How are people consuming? How are people living? You know, the most disruptive businesses change people's behavior. So It's very simple to be like, oh, well, that, well, if people had that, they would do that. Right. But nothing happens in a vacuum and everything's constantly changing. So I think it's really about like, where do you see the future and where do you want to, as you said before, help build it? Yeah, exactly. So
1: I know, and a lot of women in particular, when they get scared, it's like also like, what areas are you interested in right what do you know like what are your pain points and like are there things solving them a lot of times when you become a new mom it's like you know cleaning products that aren't toxic or you know products for them in general or you know I know I got really conscious about putting more crap into the universe and like I don't need to buy all the stuff and and buying them you know plastic thing and teaching them how to be you know, more thoughtful about what they put in the universe as well. And what, what, what you put in their bodies. And so there's all those things that kind of have come out of that. Right. So that's another part of a thesis that I think a lot of women in particular can relate to is what areas, you know, and things that you would like to, to
0: see happen and make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah. What do you spend a lot of time talking and thinking about? Cause that's time exactly. you're already
1: investing complaining in that about that you don't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly you're
0: an evangelist like us if you're someone like us and i bet a lot of people in this audience are who just talk about things that they're excited about and love and like want to like bring that wellness and help to other people like literally where do you spend a lot of time thinking and talking about yeah um so you want to
1: uh i know that we have to wrap up soon here but you want to tell us a few other of your uh clients that you invested in
0: or, uh, you oh, know, yeah, the other
1: totally. angel. Uh, well, I know it's funny because I have, I have all these new
0: words because I say, like, I, you know, and my clients for a long time were businesses that I was on retainer with, right? And I like talked about them all the time. And now I kind of tend to my portfolio founders and portfolio companies like I used to tend to my clients, right? I make introductions, I recommend them for things, I help them with their wordsmithing and all of that. Um, and then my clients are, people. Um, but I would say, okay, some things that I'm really excited right now. I mean, there's a huge like job dissatisfaction movement happening, which is like, think? I think why, <laughs> the, why the demand for my personal brand alignment work has been so high, but like this, the great resignation, all of this, we're going to see a seismic shift in workers' rights. And we're, and like, it's, it's an employee's market, right? People, it's about mm-hmm. employee power and, and workers' rights. And I go back to write that we need change makers internally and externally, but, but that being said, like, so a lot of the things that I've invested in are kind of around the future of work related to wellness. So I'm in a couple companies that are brought in by enterprise, like by, by companies to improve the way they do things. So I invested in a, um, through an SPV in a mentorship platform called the mentor method, that allows any company to set up a like best in class mentor effective, proven effective and impactful mentorship program in an hour. Because mentorship isn't just about matchmaking. It's about actually like, it's about actualizing your talent and creating, you know, f- as we talk about relationships, field notes and other things. And, um, you know, a lot of women and people of color, you know, people say, oh, over mentored under sponsored, but I would actually say maybe it's like incorrectly mentored or like we're not viewing mentorship correctly. Um, And I have lots of other great thought leaders I can send you in that space, but that kind of stuff. So the mentor method is one that I'm really excited about. And let's see, I mean, right now, just New York and New Jersey cannabis going online is so exciting. And I'm doing everything I can to make sure that um, leaders of cannabis culture on the East coast and in New England um, have a proper piece of the Gajillion market, the gajillion dollar market that New York and New Jersey. And um, so I'm really trying to kind of connect culture leaders with values driven capital providers who are not predatory or parasitic about. The business opportunity that exists here. So I think I'm I'm i spending a lot of time thinking about cannabis right now because I do believe that cannabis is the salve to everything that ails our society right now. It touches <laughs> everything. It touches yeah, criminal justice it. reform. It touches the climate. Yeah, it touches exactly. Big, it touches big pharma and the opioid crisis. It touches big alcohol and how like people are drinking themselves into depression. And yeah. you know it touches on. Uh, the only consumable or usable cannabis plants are the female ones. You know that, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. No, I know. Uh, <laughs>
0: the yeah. men just pollinate. Um, but yeah, we, need them exactly. all. we need them all. We can't thrive until we all thrive. But uh, okay. What you asked me like other, other investments and things that I'm excited about right now, I invested in a company called round 21 that's run by Jasmine Maeta. She's a former athlete. She worked for under armor and Peloton and it is um, it's an NFT company. They do it's, it's sports and athletes and art coming together through NFTs. So you can purchase, so they'll have like a limited edition basketball that's done between like an artist and athlete. And then, uh, so people can buy the NFT, the digital token, um, but then she's also setting up partnerships with Dick Sporting Goods and other places so you can buy these goods. When I did some consulting with the WNBA, one of the biggest challenges is that you can't, it's really hard to buy merge, and support the athletes that you want to. And so what was exciting to me about this is that it brought together art, sport, and NFTs, all these things that for me are clearly like the future of social justice and equity and democratization. And it was run by a woman of color. So I was just like yeah. so excited about what she's doing. Yeah. And going back to angel investing for me, it was like I had been thinking, like you know, I know a lot about the sports industry and the equity issues that exist there—the racism, sexism, homophobia, all of it. You know, I know, I know about all the kind of challenges and opportunities that exist in the sports space. How can I leverage that perspective and expertise by investing in something that I can help make amazing? Right, like right. That really yeah. was what came down to this for me. Plus as a curious person, I get a front row seat to NFTs, So I get to learn about it via something that I understand as opposed to like a lot of, um, you know, it's like NFTs are overwhelming.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. I know. It's all, all of it's overwhelming. There's just so much thrown at you and you're just like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. So no, I get it. Um, No, because so this has been so enlightening because you have talked about how you can, Angel invest basically by working with and for somebody, providing them services and getting using your time as your money, right, to get equity into a company and then, you know, doing business with them or investing in them and then learning about a whole new business. So it's like amazing. You know, people will want to hire you and also get money, you know, like partner with you and get some angel investing. But like it's been so informative for women and how to you know, kind of mo- use your model, you know, for them to be able to invest and stuff. So thank you monetize, so much for sharing. Monetize all this.
0: being smart. We need to monetize yeah. being smart. <laughs> well, find your
1: expertise and yeah. And, and learn how to like monetize it. Don't worry that you don't know how to do everything else. Like just like right. you're great. You're great at something in your career, like really focus on that. And then and then loop in the other people as needed, you know? So it's awesome. Thank you so much. I ask everybody one question. At the end. And what is and that is what is the worst advice you've ever received?
0: Oh my goodness. So when I was um when my business, when Stylehouse had become a little more mature and we were getting a lot of like exciting clients coming our way, I needed to put up some filters on what I wanted to work on. And I remember a couple of my friends, mostly my guy friends you know, when I would say, uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to take that on. I don't really want to work on that. They'd be like, Oh, just stuff up, just hire someone to work on it. And for me, that was just so it was inauthentic and it was not how I wanted to grow my business. Like, I don't believe that all growth is linear. I think that we can grow in a lot of different ways. And, um, I remember thinking, like, am I being dumb? Am I just, like, leaving money on the table? Like, is this how everyone does it? Like, they just, like, sacrifice their values? Like, we all have those moments where we're like, you know, how will this showing of humanity impact my revenue? Right. Yeah. (laughs) But it works out. There's a way to, to figure it out. If you don't want to scale. I mean, I, I realized that I didn't really like managing a lot of people. It was too much caregiving for me. I really wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be helpful and serve my clients, but I didn't necessarily want to manage a lot of people. I was not the best version of myself when I was, especially as a mother, because it's just a lot of caregiving. Yeah. It's a
1: lot, yeah. Exactly. It's like it's taking care of me. No, it right. makes sense. It's like, look, you know, trust your gut and your instincts. It's like for me, like when I came out and I started the justice department, all these men started coming. You know, that because it was in the music industry, Um, will you represent me? Will you represent me? You know, I got the next big business. I have the next, like, you know, massive music artist. And I was like, no. And like, I got feel sexist. And I was like, welcome to our world. I've chosen to help women. Like there is a dearth, like there's a massive need for helping women in the business side of things, you know, and like, there's a ton of men to do that for you. So go choose them.
0: There's a million of them. Why do you need me? Why do you care what I do? I, also this, this idea that you JJ should have to justify what you want to work on. Right. Like that's exactly. Centering yeah. It's not centering you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, no, thank you for that. And if people want to find you, how do they find you?
0: Um, So I'm Jana M. Turner, J-A-N-N-A M. Turner on Twitter and Instagram. And JanaMTurner.com is my kind of work in progress personal site that has my bio and my portfolio. Um, And then StyleHouse.com is where you can see kind of the legacy of what I built over the last 15 years. It's all kind of in an, in an evolution now, but, um, I really, I w- always love my time with you, JJ. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. All right, everyone. Um, let us know what else you want to hear about. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I'm sure you learned just as much as I did. So until next time, I'm Jennifer Justice.